Welcome to the Buddhist Ta Berlin podcast. Join us for live recordings from classes, insightful talks, and guided meditations. First of all, I just want to say I'm, I'm quite pleased to be back here. I've been away for a while, so it's good to be back in Berlin. Um, I've been on a uh, three-month retreat, um, so it was three months in the mountains, meditating and studying and doing all sorts of Buddhisty things, um, <laughs> things you do when you're a Buddhist. Um, so what this was, I was, um, I was there. Uh, well, the, the closest thing you can you can imagine it being is a sort of is a sort of monastery. Yeah. So so basically, I've been we've been living in a kind of monastery setting. We were all wearing robes. Um, we were meditating every day, we were studying, um, uh, all these kind of things. Yeah, all these kind of things you would imagine in a monastery. Um, uh, uh, we weren't that, I mean, we still had all our possessions with us. We weren't like, I don't know, begging monks or anything like that. So not like proper monks, <laughs> but um, close, to, close to being, um, close to being uh, in a monastery, as you can get probably. Um, and just, just to give you a brief context, it was a kind of when people join our order, yeah, join the Tratna Buddhist order. Yeah, so all, all of us who've right, right, this case, uh, um, you know, there's this option to go to, on this three-month retreat. Yeah, so you can get ordained during that three-month retreat. So all the guys that I was there with, they um, have been, you know, they, they were uh, engaged with Buddhism for a while. They have been uh, Buddhists for quite a long time, uh, and they decided to take that step, yeah, to join, join the order. So and I was helping the team to make sure that um, the retreat is running well, yeah. But just to give you a little bit of a glimpse of how it was like, um, I mean, it's an extremely simple life. Yeah, it's extreme. I've been watching the same rock and the same tree for three months. Yeah, so this is all the input I had. The same type of rocks, the same sort of trees. Um, it was a great event when there was a snake. You know, there was there was. I mean, there was news for weeks. Um, you know, the guys living there. Um, there's a community who lives there permanently. Uh, you know, they're all a bit over it, over these, you know, city boys coming there and being amazed at nature. Um, they're like, oh, God, a snake. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we get that every year. Um, one day, uh, one of us, um, uh, there was always a period um, uh, where we had, like, um, absolutely doing nothing. Yeah, we were asked to do absolutely nothing, just sit in a chair and just do nothing. And all of a sudden, one of our brothers stood up, uh, took a Tupperware, a uh, box of Tupperware, um, put some stones in there, and then went to the, there's a, we, had, we had to wash our clothes in a kind of rainwater basin, yeah, so there was no washing machines. Took some water out of that rainwater basin and then washed the stone. And we all thought, so you could see a sort of common confusion going on with everyone, like, why is he washing the stone? <laughs> And it transpired to us that he was making a bird bath. Um, so he put water into that Tupperware with the stone because he was very bored um, because nothing was happening. He had to do nothing. Um, and then we all sat around there waiting for birds to arrive. Um, uh, uh, and one did after three weeks or something of having that bird bath. <laughs> there was news for a whole month. Yeah, we were excited about that one bird coming. Um, um, a complete and utter awe of this bird coming, oh my god, uh, something else is happening, great. Um, something to talk about, you know, have you seen that bird who comes to the bird bath? You know, that was our conversations at the dinner table. Um, 
this is this, you know this is the sort of stuff that you get up to uh, up there in the mountains. Um, now, unfortunately, we had to take the bird bath away because the community were like, no, no, mosquitoes will, you know, um, lay the eggs and then we'll get loads of mosquito infections. So we got rid of the bird bath. The poor little bird um, came again and again, looking really confused where the water has gone. So it was very sad. Anyway, that was the life <laughs> in the mountain. Um, I mean, coming back from that was really weird. Um, there was this funny story. Um, um, if you're three months in that environment, you're just a bit like, uh, you know, well, you you know, you, you you think one bird is amazing. Um, um, uh, these rocks are amazing, and then you come back into, especially Kreuzberg, is weird to come back to. I'm sorry, but it's. I was in Dublin because my partner's Irish. He lives in Dublin. I was in Dublin first, and it was like, yeah, city. You know, it's a bit weird, and you're a bit like, oh my god, people, and um, you're a bit sensitive and vulnerable and all that. But then you come to Kreuzberg, <laughs> and it's completely another level of weirdness. And you just sort of see everyone as sort of putting on this show all the time. Everyone's like really curated. And anyway, it's quite, quite, a, quite a strong insight. Anyway, a friend of mine and I, on the second day when I came back, I, we went to, this, um, to a coffee shop, to a cafe. And she asked me if I wanted oat milk or cow's milk in my coffee. And I just went, oh, uh, um, uh, uh, what? <laughs> just, I just did not have that choice. <laughs> this question seemed so bizarre to me <laughs> because all I needed to do was take the soy milk that was there in Grigio Loco and just pour it into my coffee. And it was just one type of coffee for three months. So it was, it was very fun. And then I said, oh, I'm sorry, I've been on a mountain for three months. And she just burst into laughter and sort of collapsed into herself because she thought I had like, I would say, oh, sorry, I had a very stressful day. Um, but I said, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm too relaxed for this. Um, <laughs> That's basically my message. <laughs> um, um, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but... Um, okay, let's move on to my talk. Uh, so, what, so what struck me on this, on this three-month course, uh, on this three-month retreat, was, um, you know, I was watching 19 guys getting ordained, sort of choosing... Buddhism, basically, yeah. So what they did was they chose to commit their lives uh, to Buddhism, yeah. So and they've been, they've been, they've been um, in, in our particular tradition, in our particular um, community. And um, uh, so the question, you know, again and again that arose was, you know, why, why are you a Buddhist? Why would you want to do that? What makes you a Buddhist? How do you end up taking that step of getting ordained? And I was reminded of my own you know, journey uh, with all that. Um, um, so I just kept asking myself that question. Okay, so, you know, the more you learn about Buddhism, the more you sort of get into something. Sometimes the more you can sort of lose sight of what's actually going on. Yeah, you can lose sight of what's actually, you know, what is, what is it that makes you a Buddhist? What is that central act of, um, uh, uh, of what makes one a Buddhist? Yeah, so I, I just thought I'd, I'd give an extremely basic talk today. Um, about Buddhism <laughs> and what, what it means to be a Buddhist. Because um, I asked myself that question uh, there again and again, seeing those sort of guys trying to commit themselves to, well, not just trying, successfully committing themselves <laughs> to the Buddhist path. Um, uh, so it just, it just made me reflect myself. Yeah, what makes, what, why am I a Buddhist? What makes me a Buddhist? Um, how do people end up committing themselves to Buddhism? Um, what, what happens? when we turn to Buddhism. Yeah, so I hope that'll be um, of interest. So while I was writing this talk, um, 
I realized that basic doesn't necessarily mean easy. <laughs> basic just means fundamental, yeah, in this case. So basic, so um, I hope, I, I try to make the talk quite sort of, you know, slick and nice and easy, but they, they, I mean, it is not as easy as it looks, you know, to go to to become a Buddhist. It's actually quite a quite a intricate um, matter, yeah, to 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 look into what makes people a Buddhist. Um, so basic here means completely fundamental, completely core um, to Buddhism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah. Um, so if you indulge me, I'll take you on that journey of what it what it <laughs> takes to become a Buddhist. Basically, what I'm going to do for this talk is I'm going to take the traditional formulation. Um, so traditionally, when um, people become Buddhists, when they, uh, it goes all the way back to um, the time of the Buddha. What happens is, you know, people get inspired. People hear, you know, a saying of the Buddha. They hear a teaching. And then they say, amazing, wonderful. I go for refuge to the Buddha. I go for refuge to the Dharma, I go for refuge to the Sangha. So the Buddha is quite clear, that's him. Um, uh, he's a historical person who gained enlightenment and taught that. The Dharma is the teaching. Uh, you go for refuge to the teaching and you go for refuge to the community. That is the Sangha, that is the third thing I said. Um, and I will go through that. So, so traditionally, um, it is going for refuge to what we call the three jewels. Yeah, so the three jewels are the Buddha, his teaching, and the community. Um, so we say to the three jewels for refuge, I go. So what I'll do is I'll first talk about what, it, what this whole language of refuge means. What, why are we saying refuge? What is that? Why? From what to where? You know, what, what does refuge mean in this context? Uh, then I'll talk a little bit about the I go part, because I think that's quite important. Uh, why, why are we saying I go? Uh, and then I, I go into a little bit more detail about the three jewels themselves. Yeah, so it's a bit of a structure for you there. Um, and then let's see what 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 we can make of that. I was reading a um, I was reading a talk in preparation for this from our teacher Sangharakshita. Um, uh, it's it's actually a little booklet now. It's called The Meaning of Conversion in Buddhism. Uh, so he's basically talking about what I'm talking about now, um, or I'm talking about what he was talking about. Um, basically, I'm going to quote him a lot, so do look up that talk, The Meaning of Conversion in Buddhism. And he says conversion, you know, already in that word, you have that language of turning, don't you? you, you something is turning. Um, so there's a sort of double movement. You turn away from someone, from something, and towards something. Uh, he says, you know, when you convert to anything, uh, whether it be Buddhism or whatever it might be, um, you, uh, something very, very uh, essential changes in you. Yes, yeah, something very, very deep changes. Uh, there's a change of heart. Yeah, there's a change at the very core of your being. Uh, that takes place. Uh, and he says, you know, so he's not even talking about Buddhism here. He's, he says, a change of heart takes place which leads you uh, to stop running after the transitory things of this world uh, and direct your attention and energy to the sublime, everlasting things of the spirit. So this is this is when you sort of commit to religious life. Yeah, this is what happens. You know, could be Buddhism, could be could be Christianity, could be anything. Yeah, this is the sort of natural um, um, process of what's happening. Something, some sort of change of heart is there. There's a sort of turning 
away from something towards something. Uh, and in this case, you know, you turn away from the uh, from running after the transitory things of this world uh, and directing our attention and energy to the sublime, everlasting things of the spirit. So basically, this is just a different way of saying to the three jewels for refuge I go. Yeah, so I'm just giving you a little bit of a synonym here. Um, you know, what, 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 what that means. Okay, well, let's look into that traditional formulation. So, so people, since the beginning of Buddhism, have said, you know, to the three jewels for refuge I go. So, that's, so let's look into refuge. So why refuge? What does refuge mean in this context? Well, usually, well, I don't know, maybe I throw it to you. What's a, what's a refuge? Uh, what does refuge mean? Um, Safe place, yeah. Can I give a banal answer? Yeah, 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 that's all I want. <laughs> if you look up refuge in an English dictionary, yeah. it says uh, traffic lights. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is a safe place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, 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 yeah. You can hide there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Place where you have no distractions. Ah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Comfort, yeah, something where you see comfort in. Like from a political perspective, you could say a place where something you were running from is not. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 interesting, yeah. You're running away from something, seeking something, yeah. From danger to safety. Danger to safety. That's a refuge, isn't it? Yeah. Do, do, you, have, do you have places like that that you can relate to? Like where do you run to for safety? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I'm from Kiev, I'm from the Queen. Oh, well, yeah, 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 of course, of course, yeah. Well, that's quite poignant, isn't yeah. it? It's very poignant. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have women's refuges. Women's refuges, yeah, yeah. So we've got, we've got that symbolism going on, yeah, some, some sort of, um, yeah, it's a shelter, yeah, it's a place of refuge, it's a hiding place, a secure place, uh, protection from danger. Now, the, the Buddha says about refuges, um, He's basically saying that we are seeking refuges all the time. Yeah, we're looking all the time for refuges. And, you know, he means that literally as well as metaphorically, obviously. Yeah, so metaphorically meaning emotionally, we're looking for safety, security um, all the time, like all the time. Right now, <laughs> you're doing that, I'm doing that. Uh, we, we, we don't want danger, we don't want um, distraction, we want. Um, uh, safety, comfort, someone was saying comfort, even comfort is a nice one, isn't it? It feels safe, feels uh, lovely, <laughs> um, uh, feels very comfortable. Um, so, he, so, so the Buddhist vision is that, that it's a very natural and normal tendency to, to seek refuge, you have to seek something which is safe, which uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't harm us in any sort of way, uh, which um, uh, makes us feel makes us feel comfortable. Yeah, this is this is sort of the Buddhist vision. The Buddha says, and he talks in a very Indian sort of you know language. There he says that, you know, you know, most of most of us, uh, even all of us, um, we run to all sorts of things for refuge. We and he he was um, he was saying they, the people were running to like wayside shrines, you know, to holy trees for refuge. You know, they were praying to uh, the local deities and gods for 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 refuge. Uh, trying to gain safety, security out of all that. Um, 
So he's saying this is happening all the time. We're doing that all the time. And um, uh, well, you can ask yourself, what are you going for refuge to at this moment, for example? Um, um, I tend to go for refuge to, uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd say things like food, sex, and drink. <laughs> things that, that you know, quite, quite alluring, quite sort of deceiving refuges, aren't they? They quite, you know, look good. <laughs> um, once you, you know, on the, once you're there, I guess, once you're over it, <laughs> once you're on the other side. <laughs> um, anyway, we try to have them again. We, we go for refuge. Um, uh, ambition career is a strong one. Ambition, you know, we want to be someone. We want to, you know, um, you know, when we enter a room, we want people to be like, oh, he's, he's entered the room. Interesting. <laughs> um, you know, this is a sort of, this is sort of what we want, isn't it? We want to be like, okay, um, you know, the world is sort of being like, oh, such and such has entered the room. Uh, um, so there's all these things. There's cravings, there's, um, there's hatreds, there's, but there's even things like refined pleasures that we go for refuge to. You can see it here all the time. We sort of, as I said, I'm coming back here, it's quite a strong sort of like, ooh, um, it's a bit of a shock when you've been in nature for a long time. Um, there's all these islands here of uh, refined hedonism, yeah? So refined, you know, we're just trying to take craving and pleasure and just take it, take it a bit nicer, make it even nicer, like a nice wine bar, like a nice coffee shop. The flat white needs to be, you know, and that roast rather than that roast of being coffee beans and stuff. And we only had instant coffee there, um, and it's fine for three months. It's really fine. It's not a problem. Um, <laughs> we will survive. Um, and do you see what I mean? We try to sort of build up a kind of, at least that's the Buddhist, Buddhist vision, that's the Buddhist vision. We're trying to constantly build up this kind of, um, you know, sort of um, being, this kind of identity around something. And we, we, we go for refuge to all these, these, different, um, uh, uh, these different things. It can be positive things, it can be negative things. Yeah, we're trying to, instead of sort of relying on um, well, just existing, really, and instead of relying on just ourselves, as it were. Uh, we keep, you know, looking at uh, uh, things outside of ourselves, things that uh, look amazing, that look like, okay, if I just have that, if I just can get that job, that apartment, that, um, you know, that reputation, everything, I'll be safe, I'll be fine. I won't, maybe even more than safe, I'll be amazing, yeah? Um, <laughs> I'll be an even better person. Um, so do you see what I mean? It's this constant kind of pushing and pulling of emotions which is going on. It's constant trying to um, uh, twiddle around with experience, with reality, trying to make experience just a little bit better, you know, just a little bit better than what we have. So the Buddha is saying, well, from a sort of absolute point of view, or these refugees are all not real refugees. Yeah? They might be a refuge for a while. Yeah? They might be a refuge for you know, that sex feels good, you know, initially. <laughs> but afterwards you think, okay, um, maybe it wasn't the f complete fulfillment that I was waiting for. Um, I don't know, I mean, maybe I'm just revealing something about myself here, but... Um, uh, <laughs> you can find your own examples. Um, but because they're sort of, they're imperfect in themselves, you know, we are sort of imperfect beings and we're trying to go for refuge to imperfect things, it's not going to work. It's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to help us. It sometimes helps in the short run. Yeah, it helps for a little bit, but sort of for, you know, the everlasting happiness that we expect from it, uh, it won't give us that. Yeah, it won't uh, give us that. So they're not real refuges in that sense. They're imperfect in themselves. 
they're impermanent, yeah, transient. Um, so they might alleviate suffering temporarily, but not, um, but not in the long run. Some of them might even inflict more suffering on us. Yeah, we think they will alleviate us, us from suffering, but actually they just increase our suffering. Um, so refuge is always something where we think our suffering will decrease from. Yeah, so we, think, we go for refuge to something because we think our suffering will decrease. And some of them might do that for a while, uh, but some of them might actually increase uh, suffering. Certain, I don't know, relationships can do that. Yeah, you think you're going to be happy with that person. Actually, you're much, much worse off, really, with that person. Yeah, um, it, can, it can be like that. Not all relationships are like that, obviously. Uh, so just make sure who you choose, <laughs> if you can do that. Obviously, we can't. Um, so we need to find a refuge that is real, the Buddha is saying. Yeah, He says there is such a thing as a real refuge. There is something that, you know, our sort of intuition is right. Yeah, Our intuition to move away from suffering is right. There's something, there's, a, there's an intuition that we have to move away from suffering, to move away from unpleasant experience. Uh, that intuition is correct, but where we look is wrong. Yeah, So he's saying there is a sort of, there is a real refuge. Um, and there is a refuge from suffering. Um, now, you'll be very surprised, um, but it's Buddhism. Uh, <laughs> um, so he's basically saying, so I'm just going to read out just to get a bit of um, Buddhist scripture in here, uh, you know, to educate ourselves about the words of the Buddha. So this is from a very, very old text, um, going very, um, uh, going back, um, yeah, probably to, very, uh, to, to the time very close to the Buddha himself. So this is the Buddha speaking. Um, uh, so it's probably something that he said. Uh, obviously, you know, tradition always waters down the words a bit, and we can't quite be sure whether that's exactly what he said, but it's pretty close. So this is a short, this is a short story, um, very, very short. Uh, I'm just going to read the whole thing. Uh, so these things always start with, thus have I heard, because it, it was an oral tradition and um, the teachings were passed down. So at one time, the gracious one, that's the Buddha, was dwelling near Savati in Jetta's grove at Anatta Pindaka's monastery, that's somewhere in northern India. Then at that time, the Buddha was instructing, rousing, enthusing, and sharing the monks with a Dhamma talk connected with enlightenment. Those monks, after making it their goal, applying their minds, considering it with all their mind, were listening to Dhamma, to his teaching, with an attentive ear. Then the Gracious One, having understood the significance of it, on that occasion uttered this exalted utterance. There is, monks, an unborn, unbecome, unmade, unconditioned. If, monks, there were not that unborn, unbecome, unmade, unconditioned, you could not know an escape here from the born, become, made, and conditioned. But because there is an unborn, unbecome, unmade, unconditioned, therefore you do know an escape from the born, become, made, and conditioned. Yeah, so he's saying there are two sides of reality here. Yeah, there is something that, which is, you know, which is born like us. You know, we come into this world, everything comes into this world. But because it is born, it also must cease. Yeah, it also must uh, go out of this world. And that's why nothing that is born uh, 
and because it needs to die, because of that, it's not a safe refuge. You know, this is why uh, we need to sort of learn how to not rely on it so much. Uh, if you could learn not to rely on every, all these impermanences of the world, you would be able to enjoy them much more. Yeah? Uh, uh, this is what Buddhism is trying to do. So he's saying, but there is something out there um, which is not like that, yeah? which, is not, um, which is not conditioned, which isn't impermanent, which isn't um, ever-changing, which is actually reliable. And that is enlightenment, you know, that is, that is sort of the goal of the path is to, is to realize what that is, is and to be able to rely on that much more. Um, and that is what, you know, that, the biggest goal and the ideal of Buddhism is. So, so these, so it's, it's things like the three jewels, it's enlightenment, etc. Um, so that sounds all a bit technical, but all you need to sort of remember here is that there are sort of two modes of seeing the world. You know, one where you actually see that everything's um, impermanent, and because you see that things are impermanent, you slowly uh, can stop relying on it so much, and you can just sort of rejoice and, 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 and enjoy them, and you can see the beauty which is actually behind all these things. And because of that, you then move to a sphere where you, because you see everything, you know, coming into being, going out of being, you see just the whole show in front of your face. Uh, in front of your very eyes, you experience the whole show of life, as it were. Uh, you reach a state of everlasting bliss. That is that what he talks about. That is that state of you know that is not conditioned. That is unborn. You know that is not. You reach this sort of state of uh, complete and utter bliss, enlightenment, whatever that is. You know we. The, the problem with enlightenment is we can't really talk about it in words because it completely goes beyond our current um, uh, way of talking about it. So he's saying, okay, so we, we look for all these refuges which aren't real, but there is something which is um, beyond the world. There is such a thing, whatever that might be. Yeah, whatever uh, that will look like when we get there, who knows? It will look something like happiness, but much more than that. Yeah, it will look something like complete and utter joy, but much, much more than that. Yeah, much more. We won't be there to experience it because we have transcended ourselves. Anyway, I'm starting to... Well, um, it's really difficult to talk about it because I actually don't know what it is either. <laughs> um, okay, so that's, that's, that, that's why we talk about to go for refuge to the three jewels, yeah, because there's something, because we are, we're in that process anyway. So if we could just, you know, have something in our life which was much more reliable, he'd be much happier, yeah? Um, but we keep choosing refuges which aren't reliable. Yeah, this is what, why we are using this language. And the language is quite a strong language, isn't it? Refuge. So let's move to the I go part. So the, the traditional formulation is to the three jewels for refuge, I go. It's not you accept the refuges, uh, you go towards them. Yeah, so this is, this is the language. It's quite, quite significant. So you're not sort of, by becoming a Buddhist, one doesn't sort of accept the refuges. You say, okay, no, I do want to move towards them. Yeah, I'm not there yet. Yeah, uh, we're not we're not there yet. We are. We want to develop towards that. That's interesting. So what that says is that what's required is a personal commitment. Yeah. So you could say that um, Buddhism is sort of 
um, the religion of personal responsibility. It's all about the individual developing. Yeah. So what's required is a personal responsibility for our own lives. It's, it's an act that we do ourselves voluntarily, not someone else. No one else can do it for us. We need to choose that if we want to. Uh, we can't be forced into it. Uh, that would be a contradiction in terms. No one can be made a Buddhist. Uh, it's only individuals who can choose to uh, become Buddhists. Yeah, it's only, only we ourselves can put that uh, ideal onto us, so to say. Yeah, only we can choose um, to move towards that. So that's, that's, I think, what's trying to be signified here with the I go bit. So what needs to happen is, you know, we need to sort of awaken a sense of agency for our own lives. We need to say, okay, I've, you know, I've, I might have been, you know, trying this and that, and I've been kind of swayed around by my life, and um, my life is sort of taking agency of myself. But actually, let me reverse that. Let me actually now become um, the main agent of my life. Let me become um, behind the steering wheel again of my life. So let me let me integrate myself. So that's important. So that's the, I think that's again signified by the by the I go bit here. So it's realizing that in the end of the day, our lives in our own hands. Um, realizing that we can actually change. Yeah, change is possible. Um, um, it's the whole point of Buddhism in a way is, is saying, okay, there's all these lofty ideals, the three jewels and enlightenment and all that. But what that means is that we can, we are beings who can develop, who have the potential to actually develop and move and grow towards that. Uh, that's what it means. It, it, it's saying that, you know, all of us have that potential uh, uh, within us to grow, to change. Um, if everything's changing anyway, if everything's impermanent anyway, well, great, we are impermanent. We can then, you know, uh, change as well. We don't have to be, stay like that. We don't have to stay the way we are. We can um, become more uh, uh, we, can, we can become more integrated, more of an agent of our own life. And then the go bit, I go, is, well, there is a path that I can walk. Yeah, there is a path, uh, a direction um, uh, to go along. And I think that's particularly interest, uh, important because, you know, sometimes we wonder, okay, so what does Buddhism say about, I don't know, politics or world problems or, or this and that? At the, at the very heart of it, Buddhism is concerned with the individual, with the um, development of the individual human being. Yeah? So Buddhism said, or the Buddha said, I know how beings can develop. Everything else, I'm not going to say anything about that. Yeah? Um, I'm going to help you um, develop. Uh, I'm going to, um, uh, uh, here are tools which you can use if you want to develop yourself, if you want to grow, if you want to grow towards enlightenment. Um, if you want to take up these tools, uh, lovely. Here's the Dharma, here's the teaching. Uh, the Dharma is all, everything that helps you grow. Uh, everything else, um, there's other smart people who have thought about all sorts of things. Um, there's not much to be said within Buddhism, so I'm sorry if you had a question <laughs> about uh, world problems or something. But because, do you see how, because it's, I think that is quite a fundamental thing because if, if, if we want to change, or if you want to change people, the only one who can change them is yourself. Yeah? So you can only change yourself. You can't go around changing other people. So this is why the I go bit is so important in that traditional formulation, because 
um, at the end of the day, we can only change ourselves, we can only change our own minds, and then hopefully we inspire others to do the same. Um, and then the Buddha says, okay, well, here's the teachings if you want to do that. Yeah, if you want to do that, I've got a whole bunch of teachings for you uh, uh, to go along and, uh, and develop. So it's development towards enlightenment. So that's I go. Uh, we're going now. So we know that we are going for refuge. Um, we're going that path ourselves. Oh yeah, maybe just to say, well, how to develop. I mean, just in, in short, the teachings are, you know, we've done it in the first half, for example. Meditation is a big part of that. You know, we work with our mind on our mind. Yeah. Um, we refine our behavior. We try to refine our speech, refine our thought uh, through that. Uh, and we reflect on uh, the views we hold ourselves and that we hold about the world. Um, we, we try to see impermanence and, and other you know, marks of existence more and more thoroughly. And this is how we walk that path. Yeah, this, these are the, this is the so-called threefold path. I'm not going to go into that today. Uh, of you know, meditation, refining our behavior, our speech, and reflecting on uh, reality. Yeah, uh, this is how we can develop. Alrighty, let's move on. <laughs> Uh, so we've heard about refugees, we've heard about, you know, that we are going that path. Um, we, we've heard that uh, we need to find a refuge which is real, uh, which is reliable. Um, so the Buddha says, okay, so the refuges, there's actually three of them. <laughs> uh, the three jewels, we call them because they're so precious to us. Uh, and they are the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. So this is what we can go for refuge to. Um, uh, the Buddha is... I'm going, going to go through them in a minute. Um, so these are the things. If we take them as our refuge, if we take them at the heart of our lives, we will develop, um, uh, even though it's, you know, it's not always an easy path. It's actually, you know, Sangrakshana, one of his poems says, it's actually a hacked path through a, a jungle. Uh, I, can't quite, I can't remember the words, but it's actually, it can be a tricky path. Um, but if you rely on these three things, um, success is uh, ensured. Yeah, um, and, and that's what I'm holding on to as well. <laughs> that hope. Uh, <laughs> and that's what we all um, <laughs> hope that that is actually true. <laughs> uh, otherwise, we'd be making a right fool of ourselves. Um, anyway, let's go into it. Um, so what does it mean to go for refuge to the Buddha then? I'm just going to go through these three uh, uh, individually. So the Buddha is the enlightened one. Yeah, it's the one who got enlightened sort of first, um, as it were. Um, he, he didn't have a teacher. He uh, got enlightened out of his own um, efforts. Uh, and obviously afterwards, we, there's been other enlightened beings as well, but they all had his help, so to say. Yeah, they all had the help of uh, other enlightened beings or other teachers. Uh, so that's why we, why we um, uh, honor him so much, because he's you know, found a way to gain enlightenment, found a way, found those refuges, as it were. Um, so how to go to re go for refuge to the Buddha is we acknowledge uh, that there is higher development possible. So it's the first step, as you know, if you want to lead a religious life, um, uh, you need to first open yourself to that possibility that there's more to this life than just what we see. Uh, there's more than who we are at the moment. There is higher development possible. We trust that there are things like um, that there are higher states of being. Um, 
and we take the Buddha as a living embodiment of the highest conceivable spiritual ideal. Yeah, for us, uh, we do not, do not only go for refuge to him as a person, or as a human being, we actually go for him, uh, we go for, well, that's a complicated grammar, we go for refuge to him <laughs> as an embodiment of what we can become. Yeah, so for, for us, the Buddha represents everything that you know, we aspire to, uh, you know, we could be sitting like that with a bump on our head and <laughs> long earlobes. No, I mean, anyway, um, metaphorically speaking, um, uh, it's all metaphor here. Um, it's all poetry. Um, but you see what I mean? It's like we're, we're trying to um, come into a relationship with a higher ideal, which we can actually fulfill, where that potential is within us, is innate within every one of us. Uh, so we try to uh, you know, that's why we have Buddha statues, because we try to f um, have a sort of object of devotion. Um, um, and it all starts with just trying to open up to a sense of like, oh, do I, is there more to life than just what I'm doing right now? Is there more to life than this? You know, is that, is that all? Is that all that life's got to offer? The Buddha's saying, no, there's actually more. Um, and and that, is, that is how going for refuge to the Buddha looks like, is to keep asking ourselves, um, uh, you know, is there is there more? Could could I be more developed? Could I could I um, um, could I do more for my own development? Can I actually um, move towards enlightenment more? So then, the Dharma is his teaching. That's the second jewel. Going for refuge to the Dharma means uh, well. The Dharma, first of all, is the teaching of the Buddha, but also um, is another word for kind of ultimate reality. Um, so those two are linked because um, enlightenment is a complete insight into reality itself. So it's the experience of seeing things as they really are. And then the Buddha tried to communicate from that point of view. So this is why those two things are linked. Yeah, he tried to communicate from a deep experience, which actually goes beyond words. Yeah, so for us, we do not necessarily go for refuge to the, you know, to the texts themselves or to the letter of it or, or, or to the precise formulations. We go for refuge to that experience which has communicated them, which is trying to communicate something to us. So basically what that means is that we actually practice. Yeah. Uh, so go for refuge to the Dharma just means actually sitting down meditating, actually you know, looking at our mental states, thinking, could I be nicer? <laughs> um, could this be somehow kinder and more content? And this is what going for refuge means, coming back and back again to actual practice, actual meditation, actual refining of our um, uh, of our uh, behavior of our of how we are with people etc cetera, etc cetera. I think I'll just move on to the third uh, jewel as well the Sangha um, the community traditionally that just means going for refuge to those who've gone the path before us yeah how who can be examples on the path to us um, but it also means that we commit ourselves to keep creating community around us, um, that we keep creating, uh, that we keep coming together with people who are also trying to uh, go for refuge, uh, who are trying to develop themselves. Um, so Sangrakshan in his talk is saying, okay, so, you know, there are people who have the same teacher, the same ideal as us, you know, the Buddha, who go for refuge to the Buddha. There are people who are also trying to practice but that doesn't necessarily mean that we have a community or a sangha. So that's another layer of communication that needs to happen there. So here we are with people, you know, who 
who've committed themselves to Buddhism, committed themselves to the path, but we actually do need to then also create Sangha around that. Yeah, that is not enough, as it were, to just have uh, an ideal and a path, and then every now and again check in with each other how it's going. It's actually, it's a third sort of level of um, um, depth or something which we need to bring about. Um, so it's an additional element of communication between those who you know, have committed themselves to that path. This is what we mean really by community. And going for refuge to the Sangha means keep trying to come together on that basis uh, of, of shared ideals, of, uh, of wanting to deepen our communication. So Sangha actually causes a vital mutual responsiveness on the basis of a common ideal and a common principle. So we're trying to not just talk to each other, but we're actually trying to completely um, resonate with one another. Yeah, uh, vital mutual responsiveness to be in complete sort of openness and responsiveness towards each other. That is what sangha really means. You're completely yourself, uh, you're a complete individual, but you are in deep communication with others. This is what we're trying to create. So those are, those are those, oh, sorry, <laughs> those are the three things, yeah? Um, going for refuge, this is what it means, yeah? Going for refuge to the Buddha as an ideal, as a potential, to the Dharma, the practice, uh, realizing that ideal, and the Sangha um, actually creating and enjoying that community of those who, uh, who, who are going this path as well. So I'm just going to finish with another quote uh, from Sangharaksha on this talk, where he talks about conversion. Um, and he says, um, he sort of summarizes um, in, in, in different words uh, what I've just said, which I find quite, quite helpful. So he says, um, conversion, again, he uses that word, um, can come about, conversion can come about in a gradual way or there may be a moment of conversion. The experience may be sudden, even catastrophic, but then it dawns on you that actually your whole life, your whole being, has been building up to that moment over many years. And more specifically, it consists of three distinct processes of turning around. Firstly, from limited ideals to an absolute transcendental ideal. Secondly, from our little systems or habits or views that have their day to a path based on unchanging spiritual principles and truths. And thirdly, from meaningless worldly contact to meaningful communication. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, thank you very much.